anything this world has to offer than anything this world has to give than anything this world has to offer than anything this world has to give so I Sin runs deep, your grace is more, grace is found, is where you are, where you
defense my righteousness oh god how i
What's up, Connection? We're super excited that you chose to come out and join us for service tonight. We have an awesome night in store with a guest speaker. It's going to be great. We're really excited for what he's going to bring. But with that being said, would you join us as we enter into praise and worship? They say that love is hard to find. Sure found it hard to find
make some noise for the Lord tonight. Amen. Hey, we're super excited that you're here. So tonight, we're not just here to, man, read words off of the screen. We're not just here to hang out with each other, but we're here to experience the presence of God. And, you know, I don't know what background you come from. I don't know if this is your first time or if you've been here a hundred times, but tonight, and we do have an opportunity to encounter the presence of a real God that really loves every single person in this room. So tonight, as we, we continue in worship, and I want to encourage you, you know, don't, don't worry about, man, the lights or the sound or who's standing beside you or what's going on after service. But just for a few moments, man, let's, let's encounter the presence of God. Let's go for it. Amen. Amen. Make some noise if you're going to go for it tonight. So, Lord, we, we, we do give you glory. So tonight, I want to invite you, man, if this, uh, if you feel comfortable to come on down front, we worship, and we try to worship as a family. So as I pray, uh, you can make your way down front. We're going to continue in worship. So Lord, we do lift you up. God, we say that you're worthy of everything that we have. Lord, we, we want your presence here tonight. God, we ask you right now, Lord, that you would anoint this service. God, that you would speak to our hearts, but more importantly, God, that we would encounter you. Lord, that we would worship you that we would lift up our hearts, our minds, our souls to you, God, and that you'd have your way in us tonight. Lord, we love you. We lift you up in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.
that's our healer. We have a God that's our provision. We have a God that's more powerful than anything that we would ever face in life. So tonight, man, you know, I don't know what your story is and kind of what you've been going through this week, but I just feel like God's saying there's victory for you tonight. Whatever that is, whatever that means, whatever that looks like for you tonight, I want to tell you that God has something special for you. Man, if you lift up your heart to him and just give situations to him, you know, and, and, and give your heart fully to what he has. So tonight, man, just for the next couple minutes, we're going to like slow down, chill out for just a second. But I feel like the Lord's going to speak to a couple people tonight. So as we play this next song, I just want you to close your eyes and just listen for the Lord tonight. Amen.
that through every trial and test, Lord, through the good times and the bad, Lord, that you'd be glorified in our lives. God, we lift up our hearts to you. We say, God, that you're worthy of everything that we have, Lord, and so much more. God, we lift you up tonight. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for how awesome you are, Lord. So, God, we lift you up. We love you, and we say all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen, amen. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell them it's going to be an awesome night tonight. Here's what's going on at The Connection. Next week, after service, we're having a large after party. There's going to be live music, free food, and fire pits, and it's just going to be a great opportunity for us to hang out and to get closer together. We have a special guest speaker here tonight. We have Jason Kimber, all the way from New Life Church in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We're super excited to hear what he has for us tonight. I can't wait to see what God has planned. Well, that's it for the announcements this week. But would you join us as we continue to worship with our tithes and offerings? Amen. Can we give God some praise tonight? Man, God is good. It's so good to see everybody here. I know it's cold outside, but we're just glad that you're here worshiping with us. If this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, before we get into the word and to offering here to say, we have a special guest. Our senior pastor, Pastor John Miller, is going to come and, and talk to us for a second. Can you give it up for Pastor John here? You know, every week you see me up here trying to preach, but Pastor John, he's the, he's the head of the connection. He's the senior pastor here, and, and uh, we just want to tell you we love you. We're so glad that you're here and uh, that you let us hang out. Thank you, Pastor Travis. I want to thank you and your wife and all the leaders of The Connection because I tell you what, what you have, a, a church for your generation, is a powerful thing. And I just want to say I love you and I'm real proud of you. Give him, Pastor Travis, a big hand. Pastor Zach and all our leadership team. Hey, I want to ask you a question. What's the main thing in your life? Think about it just a second. What's the main thing? Because God has a main thing for you. Listen to this verse. It's in the book of Acts. David, King David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, he died. After he served his own generation by the will of God, he died. The reason I read that to you is David had, God had something for David to do with his life. God's got something for all of us to do with our lives. I'm doing what God called me to do, and I knew it when I was in my, young 20, or my early 20s when a prophet laid his hands on me and said the word ministry. I just knew that God had called me into the ministry, and I, I'm living the dream for my life. But what is the main thing in your life? You know, the big difference between you as 20-something and me 50-something is you're still either looking for the dream or you've got all these options, and here's the big deal. You feel like you've got all the time in the world. But when you're my age, when you're 50-something, if you're not doing your dream, what God's called you to do, you'll probably never do it. And it just seems just like that, I was you. I've been here 25 years, and I did a funeral this week, and it was with a guy. It was I would say it was my first friend when I came to Texarkana. If you're old enough to remember, before Applebee's was built, there was a restaurant there called CJ's. And I went over there. I'd probably been here a couple weeks, and I was sitting at the counter at the bar there uh, eating some breakfast. 
And I started talking to him, and we developed a friendship. I did his funeral a couple days ago. And as I thought about his life, over these 25 years, he talked to me about dreams. He'd send me books and things. But when I did his funeral, I had to wonder and say, what did he do with his life? God had a call for him, and God has a call for you. And listen, just like that, life passes you by. And I don't know about you, but I don't know how long I've got, but I want my life to matter for God. I want to serve my generation. I want to do what God's called me to do, and then I want to hear the well done from the Lord. See, if I'm in your shoes, you've got all sorts of things in front of you. You've got career. You've got there's a man, there's a woman, there's a house, there's a car, there's kids. And before you know it, you can lose the main thing. I'll close with this thought. Let me tell you, I've been, doing, I've been in Christ, full-time Christian ministry probably 35 years. And the people that I see actually make it with their life and do something that matters with their life, they've got two things in common. And here's the first one. Their life is guided by, and I'm going to say like a railroad track. Now, if you're on a train, let me know. If you get on that train track here, it's going to take you, for example, from here to Hope or here to Chicago. You can't get off the track. How many know the train's going to go wherever those two rails lead you? And I'll suggest to you there's two rails in your Christian life. Number one rail that should guide you is the Bible, and number two is the Holy Spirit. And I've watched people that just said, well, I'm led by the Spirit, and they became weird, and they just kind of got off in right field. I watched people that said, well, all I need is the Bible, and they just became legalistic and self-righteous. But if you will be someone who every day gives time to reading the Bible and let God's truth guide you rather than your feelings and your culture, and if you will marry that to a surrendered, a yieldingness to the Holy Spirit, you'll have tracks that guide you to the will of God for your generation. And here's the second thing I know. To get from where you are to where God wants you to be in terms of life accomplishment, you need to be planted deeply in a fellowship of believers. And I want you to think about a big oak tree, and I want you to think about the roots that you can see going out. They're going down. They're anchored. I've learned this over the last 35 years. The Christians that tend to live the most effective life are those Christians that have found a local body of believers and their heart deep in it. I mean, rather than treating church like a restaurant, you come when you feel like, you get up when you want to, you kind of come, you kind of go, you check out the latest thing, but you found God's plan for a family of believers for you to put your roots down in and serve in. And I'll tell you, those two things, if you will give yourself to them, a daily time with God, a yieldness to the Holy Spirit, those tracks, and then anchoring yourself to a family of believers, I'll tell you, the sky's the limit, and you'll end up like David one day. You will have served the will of God in your generation, and after that, come on, you go to be in the presence of the Lord. So I want to encourage you, start it tomorrow if you hadn't, your time with God. If you've got a fellowship, if you've got a local church where God's called you, put your roots down deep. If you don't, thank God you're in the connection. Come join me this weekend on a Saturday night or Sunday morning, and uh, I'd love to be a spiritual influence in your life. I love you, and thanks for letting me share. Yeah, everybody give a round of applause to Pastor John. He's the big man around here at Church in the Rock that lets all of this stuff happen, and we could still be in our stinky powerhouse building. I'm excited we're up here. Uh, but uh, one of the things that didn't quite make it on our announcement video that I do want to kind of touch on, uh, the past several weeks, uh, we've been in a series of Fifty Shades of Cray. It's been uh, a little crazy, but it's been super interesting. But the whole essence, the whole uh, 
meat of this series is for Pastor Travis to challenge us as a group to serve and to reach out to our communities. And uh, man, I feel like it's one of the biggest failures that the church has, especially in our area, is really reaching out to those people who are hurting in our community. And uh, we have something in place that we can do as a group to kick this off. So uh, Sunday, March 1st, we're actually uh, calling it Serve and Play Sunday. They have a graphic they can put up for you with a little bit of information, but we've uh, scheduled uh, serving the homeless here in Texarkana at Randy Sam's. I believe it's going to be 1230 to 1:30. So we're going to go down there as just the body just going from the connection to bless these people who are hurting and really just try to be the uh, the hands of God and uh, see what he's calling us to do. And uh, we really feel like uh, the Lord is calling us to begin to do new things in our city. And uh, we feel like this is just going to be kind of a, something that propels us into doing bigger and better things. Amen. So, uh, and as well, after we uh, even go and reach out to Randy Sams, we're actually going to leave, go to Shreveport, trip to the trampoline park. Anybody ever been to the trampoline park? If you haven't and you go, you will find out how out of shape you are. It takes like five minutes and you will be wheezing and it will probably turn into a hangout instead of trampolining. But definitely come. It's going to be a great time. Uh, but with that said, I kind of want to transition over to offering. And, uh, man, as I was praying just the last, uh, you know, even earlier today, just trying to figure out exactly what the Lord wanted me to share. Uh, man, I happen upon a familiar scripture, but I feel like the Lord's really wanting to challenge us in a new way out of this. So uh, I'm going to go back to Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41. And it says, And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting the money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything that she had, all she has to live on. And uh, before you check out, I know it's super common uh, to talk about this in offering, and I feel like the Lord really revealed two things that we can challenge ourselves in our giving uh, through this parable. The first is that God will always look at the spirit in which we give, and we hear that all the time, but I feel like this widow is a beautiful example of someone who is freely giving. Like, how easy would it have been to hold on to one of those coins? I know I would have kept one in my pocket, like, real quick, but... And the second thing is something that I feel like we don't apply to our life a lot. And the value is the value of our gift is determined by what it costs the giver. And I feel like, man, we're so blessed here in America and we're so blessed, even us, you know, we're not even working full time. Uh, but so many times we get out, we give out of our abundance and we don't give something that costs us. And man, right here we see in this story that the widow, when she gave something that cost her, it touched the heart of Jesus. And is that not what we're trying to do every time we come to church, every time we drop something in the plate? And man, it just makes me excited to even think about us being able to literally touch the heart of Jesus. And I, I feel like that even this moved Jesus because it shadowed him and that he knew that he was going to ultimately give the ultimate sacrifice gives something that cost him everything, his life. And he saw something in this widow. He saw something in this person that revealed himself. I mean, it's, it's foreshadowing. It's, it's, man, it's so beautiful. But I feel like tonight the Lord was really wanting me to challenge you and even myself to analyze your giving. And maybe even if it's not financially, give something to God that costs you something, if it's time, if it's stepping out and making a fool of yourself or whatever it is, give something 
that cost. Because when you do that, you can touch the heart of God, and he begins to move through your life. Amen. So with that said, uh, I'm just going to pray and bless the offering and service tonight. So if you'll bow your heads with me. So, Lord, I just uh, thank you for tonight. And, God, I just pray that you would even teach us, God, how to give something that costs. God, that we would openly give. God, that we wouldn't be reluctant to give. But, Lord, that we would step out. God, that we would be faithful. God, that we would do the things that you're calling us to do. And that you would open our hearts and change our mindsets on how to give. So, Lord, we thank you and just ask that you would be here tonight and minister to us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, give it up for Pastor Travis. Uh, God is good, amen, and God is the ultimate giver, and it's important to remember when we do give our offerings that God's a giver, but uh, let's give it up for the band one time as they're faithful every week. Can we give it up for the band and Zach, and we love you guys and, and all that, but again, we're glad that you're here tonight. I uh, believe that God brought you our way, and uh, man, this is what it's about, coming together, worshiping God, lifting up one voice, the name of Jesus, praising him. And uh, getting closer, right? So anyway, again, we're so pumped that you're here. Uh, tonight's a special night. We have a guest speaker all the way from Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, Pastor Jason Kimbrough. Uh, he may tell you a little bit about his new venture, but he's been pastoring for uh, years, and he's the senior pastor now in Fayetteville. And we're honored to have him here. A lot of us in here over the last three, four years, we went to the Collide Conference in Conway and seen him there, seen Garrett there. And, uh, man, we're honored that they're here. So I want you to listen tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us. And let's give it up for Pastor Jason. All right. Good to see you. Good to be here. Um, thank you, Pastor Travis. I appreciate you asking me to come. And Pastor John, man, he kind of slipped out. But that's a good word he gave, too. I was, like, wanting to take down notes when he got up here. So it's all downhill from here. Um, but I'm excited to be here. Uh, Garrett Matsuyama right here on the front row is with me. And uh, would you give him a hand? Because he drove the whole way, all four and a half hours. And uh, even let me take a nap in the car on the way here. Um, so he, him and his wife uh, moved uh, to Fayetteville with uh, my family. And uh, we originally were in Conway. And... I was on staff at New Life Church there in Conway for 10 years. And then recently, uh, my pastor, Pastor Rick Bizet, asked me to move to Fayetteville to start one of our campuses. We're actually the 10th location, 10th campus uh, in Arkansas. And so we prayed about it for a year. And finally, we felt like the Holy Spirit kind of said, uh, go. And so we went. And it was really scary. And still is a little bit. But we actually, we, we really love living there. I uh, went to the Hogs game last night. Are there any Hog fans in here? Okay. That's good. I feel right at home. And uh, so so I feel like we're going to win the, we're going to go at least to Final Four. It's going to be good. Um, so, so yeah, we went to Fayetteville to start a camp. We started in October, and it's been going really, really well. We don't have a building. Uh, actually, every, like, I walk in this building, I'm like, man, this is awesome. Uh, because we, we set up and tear down every single week, and we have three trailers, and we, we just, we just, Garrett owns that for, for me. Uh, I, of course, I'm, I'm just praying and stuff, getting ready for the service, and he's hauling stuff and hauling trailers and stuff, and he, we had a big team of guys, and it's fun. But uh, it's going well. We're excited. Uh, I love living in Fayetteville. And uh, so I've done a college ministry for, for 10 years. 
uh, actually 12 years. I was on staff at UCA, University of Central Arkansas in Conway for two years. And then did college ministry at New Life for uh, 10 years after that. Uh, so I've been doing college ministry, young adult ministry, since I was in college. And in college, God really uh, changed my life. That's where I really uh, kind of got my life right. So uh, if anything, even if you don't get anything out of this message, I'm going to read the Bible, so you probably get something out of that. But even if I don't sound, you know, don't make any sense, whatever, just know that, that I really care about you and, and where you're at. And uh, just as a, a brother in Christ uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, four and a half hours away or however long it was, um, you got some. You got some dudes in, in a community there uh, that loves you and are kindred spirits, and we believe the same thing. And I just want you to know that 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 there are other people that are going after what you're going after, and uh, I, that feels good, doesn't it? It feels good when I, when I when I when I come here and I come other places and I see people uh, worshiping God and any church I go to. So so it's just incredible. And um, I want to introduce you to my family. Just you know a little bit about me. They're gonna throw up a pic, I think, but. Uh, uh, my family, I have, I've been married for 11 and a half years um, to Ashley. Uh, she is amazing. She is so cool. Uh, so there's a picture. That's actually uh, our first grand opening service in Fayetteville. And so we made that to Arkansas. And uh, so we put the, that's the hashtag we use when we post our pictures, NLC, NWA. And uh, so we, there's my family. Uh, I'm the big one on the right. And then there is uh, McAllister's right here. He's, he's the big boy. He's six years old. Uh, he's awesome. And then Pierce is the one I'm holding. Uh, he is a terror. And I love him. Uh, he's awesome. And uh, uh, today I was, I was about to leave, and I said, man, I love you, man. He goes, I'm your hero. <laughs> I said, yeah. Uh, yeah, you are. And then um, Eve, the, the little baby girl, Eve Liliana Marie, that's her name. And she is so awesome. We we uh, we prayed for a girl. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I know you're supposed to like pray for God's will or whatever. Uh, but we prayed for a girl because we had two boys. And and I remember my wife really really. I mean, I wanted a girl, but my wife really really wanted a girl. And so I remember I was I was actually we were eating breakfast at Stobie's, local joint. And um and um I got the phone call because we did some sort of whatever. I don't know. It was a blood test, whatever, to find out what the what the sex of the baby was. And so she kept calling me, kept calling me. I'm, I'm not having important breakfast to care. We're talking important stuff. So I, I just kind of, I don't know if I had a shady button. I, surely I didn't shady button my wife, but uh, but she couldn't get a hold of me. Finally she got a hold of me. I was like, Garrett, I got to go. Because I knew the answer had come in. The, the the message had come in. The nurse had called, whatever. I went home and I was like, I, I remember putting my, about to put my key in the front door. And I'm like, dear baby Jesus, please help this poor girl. <laughs> because I just, you know, what, I, you know, that's just going to be weird, you know. So I walk in, and my wife is just sitting there. She's like, she's just bawling. I'm like, this could be really, really good or really, really bad. And uh, she said it was a girl, and so we cried and jumped up and down. It was awesome. So that's my family, and uh, they're awesome. I love them. Uh, but I'm excited to be here. Uh, man, I, I was here actually, I don't know how long ago it was, four or five years ago. I was over in the, the I guess the sneaky powerhouse gym, whatever you called it, uh, it was kind of stinky in there, uh, moving on up in the world, and uh, so that's fun. I want to, I want to, I want to just kind of share something on my heart. Uh, the title kind of is the uh, the problem with pain, the problem with pain, and uh, I want to, I want to, I want to just talk about pain, the problem with pain, the problem with pain, because uh, pain, we all go through pain. Um, I hadn't gone through as much pain as I've gone through since I've had kids, um, and 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 
when we had our first son, Mac, uh, you know, we love him to death, just, just to clarify that. Love my kids. But uh, when, we, when we had Mac, we, we started to experience, I mean, just what it's like to have kids. And uh, kids, you don't sleep when you have kids. And, uh, and, and then there's lots of unforeseen circumstances, lots of pain when it comes to kids. I remember we were, we were trying to sell our house, and we got it all. When you have a kid and you're trying to sell your house, it's just like crazy, cleaning, whatever. And um, we knock on the door. The person was there to see the house. And, and, and my son, Mac, did a ninja move off the couch and fell and broke his arm and was just screaming, all right? So the dude's coming, he's like, oh, yeah, and Mac is just, I mean, he's just screaming. We're like, you're going to have to come back because my kid just broke his arm, all right? And then, and then one time he was, he was uh, we had a chandelier, and, and he started just tossing toilet paper rolls up in the chandelier. I mean, just like one after another, like, like eight or nine toilet paper rolls, and they caught on fire, and, and I had to get them out, and they fell on the carpet and burned a hole on the carpet. Uh, lots of pain associated with mine. This is just my first son. I got I got two other kids, and uh, one time I was uh, I was going to I, I was going out of town. I think it was in Memphis or something for something, and uh, and I got a phone call from my wife, and she was in tears, and she said, "This is just the worst feeling in the world, especially if you're a dude in the room. You you just your heart's gonna drop, your heart's gonna sink." And she goes, "McAllister just broke a flat screen." I said, "What?" She said, McAllister just broke our flat screen. I go, flat screen television? She said, yeah. I said, how did that happen? You know, I'm like with the dudes, and I'm like, how did that happen? And uh, she said, well, I walked out of the room, and, you know, I heard a big bang. And I walked back in, and he's holding a baseball bat, and he's watching Dora. And I said, and I said McAllister, what did you do? And he goes, I hit Dora. No lie. Which is like, like kind of like, bittersweet sort of, because how many ever wanted to hit Dora, right? You kind of like understand, but so he, he, he literally took a, ba- a baseball bat and, and just swung it at the TV at Dora. It's kind of cool and kind of sad all at the same time. Uh, so there's, you know, but there's also, you know, like our, uh, we all go through pain. Like our first year of marriage was really rough because we got married really soon. We, we didn't have this whole like We've been together 14 years, and we're finally getting married. We didn't, we didn't do all that, all right? I know some of you, like, we were, we were elementary sweethearts, you know. <laughs> you know, we're finally getting married. We're 40. Um, we, we, we got, I, engaged, I, I proposed to Ashley after five months of dating, all right, which is not like me. I just knew. It's, I'm, I'm the type of person, when I know, I just, I just know, and I just go for it. Um, it may take me a long time to get there, but when I know, I know. And so um, we, we, we went really, really fast. And our first year of marriage was just really bad. We went through a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of difficulties. Had to get some help, and, and we made it. And uh, our, we have a great marriage today. We still have problems, still go through pain. But y- you go through pain. Um, you, it's, it's hard to, to, to really comprehend uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're growing up the pain that you might go through. And some of you are experiencing pain. That's why I want to talk about this, because we need to know how to go through pain. We need to know how to deal with pain. We need to know how to respond to pain. Uh, like some of you, you deal with fear. You deal with fear of the future, like you're so worried about the future. You, you just, you, you just, you just worry. You're just anxious. Some of you, you fear death, like you're just so scared of, of that, the subject of death, and you're panicky and you're nervous. Uh, some of you have a fear of failure. Uh, you just, you just don't want to fail. You're just perfectionistic. How many like that? You just, it's like you just want to do, you just want to do everything perfect, and you're just like a nervous mess. You're just a mess. Uh, you deal with fear, anxiety, panic, 
Some of you got these weird fears. You don't tell anybody, and you avoid certain places, and you avoid people, and you avoid certain things, and you don't tell anybody because it's so embarrassing because you would think that no one else deals with what you deal with. But the reality is everyone deals with something because everyone's got junk. You go through pain. Some of you go through uh, pain of family. All right, Everybody's got that, fa- that, that, that uh, crazy family member, right? All right, And if you don't, it means it's you. That's, that's crazy. All right, everybody's got that crazy mom, that crazy dad, that crazy uncle, that crazy aunt, that weird cousin, right? And, and it's funny, but it's really not funny because they can create a lot of problems. And you're like, I don't ever want to see my family again. That sucks, you know, like I, I, don't, I don't ever want to see my family again. Some of you are dealing with like family crisis right now. And, and it's, it's not fun at all, is it? It's good you're going through pain. You're going through some, some family pain. Some of you, uh, purpose. You, know, you got these friends that are like, I just wake up every day and I know my purpose. My purpose is in God and I know exactly what I want to do. And I'm going to go get my Starbucks and I'm going to go get my quiet time. And I'm going to, and you're like, I hate you. Because you know what? When I wake up in the morning, you know what I want to do? Eat a Pop-Tart because I'm hungry and I hate my life. And I just, you know, like some of you, you just, you don't, you don't really know like what you're supposed to do with your life. And, and you're, you're, you're you're like, man, I, I need to know what I'm doing with my life. But you don't know. And that can be painful. Some of you are going through, through unforeseen circumstances and, and maybe some tragedy. Maybe you had a, a friend die or, or some things that have happened, a family member. You've gone through some tragedy. Some things that you, you just did not expect to happen have happened. Some of you, got, you you're, you're dealing with some wounds that you, they're creeping up and they're coming out. And, and, and the, the junk is coming out because pressure, when you, when you deal with pressure, the junk comes out, the junk in your life. Some of you have been verbally abused in your life. Like, like people have looked in your eyes and told you you'll never amount to anything or that you're fat or that you're stupid or, or you're, you're, just, you're, you're not really smart or, you're, you know, you're not going to make it. Uh, some of it's been from, like, family members, like mom, dad, like people that, like, should never say anything even close to, they, sh- they should only speak life over you and they've spoken death over you. And so those, those, those as you grow older, you carry the, those wounds with you. Um, some of you, you have been physically abused. I've talked to, to people, even grown men, that said, man, I just remember this one time I didn't, didn't feed the horses right or didn't wash the car right. My dad literally got mad at me and pushed me to the ground. You know, the stuff that, you know, hit me or whatever, or I got in a fight with my dad, a fist fight with my dad. Like some of you have been like physically abused. Some people have been sexually abused. Been in college ministry for a long time now, young adult ministry and uh, I love I love college, I love this group I love I love young people because there's no there's not a whole lot of pride like you guys will just come out and say it which is a lot like I am I'm just like what do you want to know you better get ready ask me a question you know what I mean like I'm ready and um and you'll just say it and so I've got to hear a lot of horrible stories over the last few years of people that have been abused taken advantage of just horrible 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 horrible. Um, some of you grew up with uh, with a dad that wasn't really a dad, or he was there but he wasn't there, or he was a father but he didn't really teach you anything. He didn't really coach you. He didn't really, you know, wasn't really understanding. Like you couldn't really talk to him about your what was really going on in your life. And a lot, especially a lot of you men in the room, uh, you've had a hard time transitioning from being a boy to being a man because you ne- never called to manhood. You you because a boy needs to be called to manhood by their dad. And a lot of us grew up fatherless. We don't have a dad. And some of us, even if we have a dad that's home, he's not really there. He's not engaged emotionally. He's disconnected. So we go through pain, the pain of being fatherless. 
Uh, some of us relationships, some of you bouncing around from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And uh, and it's just, that could be painful. Now you got, you're carrying all this baggage. Somebody just straight up sins, addictions, secrets, lust. I mean, whatever it is, you, it's painful to walk through those things. It's painful to have regret and shame and deal with guilt. Even the darkness of this world, I mean, I'll be honest, man, last week at, at our service, I spoke on one of the hardest topics I've ever had to speak on, and, and it was to answer this question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And I honestly, I, I mean, I even told the whole my whole church, I was like, listen, I don't want to speak this message, all right? I was like, because I don't have the answer, really. Because this is, you know, I struggle with this. Why do bad things happen to good people? I, this is not easy. I'm not going to get up here like, oh, it's easy, trust God. I mean, that's just not, that's, that's almost disrespectful to the people that have lost their kids or lost their mom or, or went through tragedy. And, um. So I talked about, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And then I get home and I read about the 21 Egyptian Christians that were led, you know, tortured, kidnapped, tortured, led onto a beach by ISIS and beheaded. And I'm like, for their faith. And I'm like, my goodness, this world is messed up, man. What are we going to do? So we all go the, through pain, the problem of pain. John 16, verse 33, Jesus is about to go through pain. And he's talking to his disciples, and he says this. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have trouble. He's talking to his disciples, people that he loves. People, his, he's giving the church to them. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. I mean, that's not like, the, like a popular verse, right? No one's, getting that, no one's going and getting that tattooed in Hebrew down their back or whatever, right? You know, it's not on many refrigerator magnets, you know. What verse you study? Uh, John 16, 33. It's, it's really pretty profound. In this world, you're going to have trouble. You know, no one's doing that. But it's true. So Jesus is, is, is letting us know. Listen, I just want you to know, like, it's not going to be comfortable. You want to follow me? Actually, at one part, he said, you're going to have to carry your own cross. You're going to have trouble. But the last part of the verse, but take heart. Because I've overcome the world. Take heart just means to have courage. Just have courage. I've overcome the world. And um, it's true. Hebrews 12. Uh, there's a really cool passage of Scripture. It's it, like, like, like John 16. It's not like, like just, you know, the most popular Scripture. Um, what I thought we could do is kind of just stare this topic in the face. Stare it in the eye. I remember I was with, uh, I was on a hunting trip, duck hunting trip. How do you like the duck hunt? Any duck hunters in here? Okay. Is there duck hunting in Texarkana? Okay, good. Uh, so I was on this duck hunting trip, and this guy from, like, South Africa was there, and he owned, like, like safaris or hunting expeditions or whatever. And I was like, and I asked him what you would ask him if you were hanging out with him. He owned, like, four or five of these safari parks or whatever. I said, have you ever been attacked by a lion? You know, and uh, he was like, no, I haven't ever been attacked by a lion. I was like, man. He said, but you know what you do if you're ever attacked by a lion, right? If, like, if a lion charges you, you know what you're supposed to do. I'm like, yeah, you run. What are you talking about? He goes, no. You, you turn around. Uh, he said, you don't run away. You run towards them. I said, no, you don't. I said, you run away. He said, no, they'll catch you. They think, you're, they think that you're, you know, you're their prey. But if you run towards them, what they'll do is they'll start charging towards you, and they'll get about two feet, two, three, four feet from you, and they'll stop, and they'll turn around and walk off. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to run. Uh, but what we're going to do with this problem of pain is we're going to kind of look at it and we're going to kind of deal with it. 
and hopefully we'll be prepared for the rest of our life uh, to go through pain. And I think what we'll see is the problem with pain will actually be some of our solutions to pain. Uh, in Hebrews 12, verse 5, we're going to read verse 5, uh, I think all the way down through 11. So in, um, in Hebrews 5, we don't know the author of Hebrews, but he says this in verse 5. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. He's actually quoting Proverbs 3, verses 11 through 12 right here. Uh, he said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves. Listen to this. He disciplines those he loves. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Now that word punishes, don't get thrown off by that. Because the real meaning of that word, it means to correct. It means to convict. It means to bring to light. It's not the, the, it doesn't have that tone of punishment like we know punishment. Like the crazy dad just whooping his child for no reason or whatever. And he punishes the, each one as he accepts as his child. Verse 7. As you endure this divine discipline, that word discipline in the Greek is padia. It means to teach or to train. It means to prepare for life. To teach, to train, to prepare for life. As you endure this divine discipline, or I guess you could say divine training, divine teaching, divine preparation for life. Remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? Well, I sure have. Being in college ministry, all these spooled brats, you know. Anyway, verse 8, if God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? Verse 10, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Okay. So this is, this is, a, this is a profound verse. And I just want to say this because some of you have experienced some, some major, major um, tragedies in your life. And I'm not, ever, I'm not going to advocate. I'm not an advocate of, like, God gave your mom cancer. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that. Um, but some things we're going to talk about, uh, you, you could read between the lines and think that I mean that, and that's not what I mean. I don't mean that God's the author of evil. I don't believe all that or whatever. Um, but this analogy here in Hebrews 12, it's like God's just saying, you know, you go through things, and God's going to teach you. That word discipline, padia, means to teach and to train. Endure his divine discipline. Remember that God is treating you as his own children. If he doesn't let you go through pain, maybe you're not a real child of his. I think it's really pretty, pretty profound. You know, I think uh, as we look in these scriptures uh, here in a minute, you'll, you'll see that God has a way of disciplining his children. I have, you know, three kids, and so I discipline my children. And if I didn't, it would be crazier than it already is because it's crazy. I mean, there's just sometimes, I mean, there's been, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. The other day, I just, I just yelled. I mean, I was like crazy, and, and I just go, ah! I was just like groaning around the house. It's just like chaos. My oldest son was throwing stuff. Eve had a poopy diaper. She's screaming. I'm like, someone change her. Pierce was going crazy. I don't know where Ashley was. She, she disappears some, sometimes and just leaves me with him. And I, I was just like, this is crazy. If I didn't discipline my children, they would be even crazier. 
So there's a harnessing. There's, there's, a, there's a big picture here of disciplining your kids. I'm going to give you three things. Uh, the problem with pain. Three things, if you're taking notes. Uh, the first thing is the problem with pain is its persistence. The problem, of, the problem with pain is its persistence. What I mean by that is uh, you cannot avoid pain. You cannot avoid pain in this life. Like it's coming. Like some of you, you're on the mountaintop. You're like, it's so good. Life is so good right now. You just wait. It's coming. Some of you in the valley. You know, life is not good right now. I don't like my life right now. I need God to help me. And uh, you may not be there for long. In fact, it only takes one phone conversation, one, one conversation, one text message, one phone call, one, one, one thing that happens in the day for you to go from the mountaintop to the valley. In fact, it only takes just one conversation, just one phone call, just one text message, just one circumstance for you to go from the valley to the mountaintop, Right? So we just got to be ready for the persistence of pain. Like pain will always come at you. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can have all the money in the world. You can't avoid pain. Some of the richest people in the world still deal with pain every day. That's why we need to know how to deal with it. The persistence of pain. Pain just, it, it comes. Verse 6 says, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Disciplines, he loves. It's coming. I remember when uh, we, we got pregnant with our third kid. Everybody's like, oh, it's time for a minivan. I'm like. I'm not getting it. Do you understand how sophisticated I am? I, I can't. I can't get my. I mean, how are you gonna have a cool factor with a minivan? I will never drive a minivan. And then I test drove a minivan, and I was ruined. I mean, sliding doors, rear air, DVD player, Toy Story. You know, and I was. I was just done. I was like, we're getting a minivan. And my whole countenance changed. I mean, I, I rock that minivan like it's the coolest thing ever. I'm just like, what up? Put, put some Incredibles on a DVD player. It's, the, it's like the, the most peaceful place in my life with our kids. Like, if, like if, if they're just going crazy at the house, I'm like, you hop in the minivan. We're going for a drive. I'm just wasting gas all over Fayetteville. We're just hanging out in the minivan. But everybody said, here, you know, here it comes. Number three, you can get a minivan. And, and that's with pain. Like, pain... Pain will happen in your life because we're all getting older. We all pass away eventually, and that's painful. There's other, I mean, the terrorism stuff, man. We're going to go through some pain. Pain will come. It's, it's inevitable. In 1 Peter 5.10, says this, and the, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. I think that's where we all need to get to, is where we just strong and we're firm and we're steadfast. And we're not surprised by the pain of this world. We're not surprised, we're not shaken by the circumstances that surround us. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not swaying back and forth depending on the circumstances. No, we're, we're, we're immovable and we're steadfast. The second thing, the problem with pain is not only its persistence, but its process. It's its process. Pain is a process, process that can strengthen us in athletics, in uh, working out. How many, how many, you got anybody that lift weights in here? Any buff dudes? I see you. Show me some guns, man. Girls too? Okay, yeah, I see you. When you work out, you're, you're stretching your muscles. You are stretching them so that they can become bigger. And, and God does that with us. He, he lets us go through things in order to stretch our, our faith muscles. 
Uh, and I've heard a lot of people in the Christian world, Christian culture, and they're like, man, I just want to go deeper, man. I just want, man, I just want to go deeper in God, you know. And, like, I'm like, I don't know if you know what you're saying. And what they mean is, I want more head knowledge so that I can sound smarter. Or I want to know more the ins and outs of Christian culture and subcultures. And because, because when I read the word, going deeper, um, the, how you go deeper is a couple things. You, you apply what you've already learned. And most people are well, way more educated than their level of obedience. So it's applying what you know into everyday life, and it's going through pain. It's enduring pain. In fact, in James chapter 1, verse 2, he says this. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So deeper is a relative term. The truth is, it's a process. Pain is a process. It's a maturing process. In fact, sometimes we're like, man, I'll take this away, God. Take this away. And a lot of times, God's trying to do something in us. I remember I used to mow yards uh, on my off day, which means I never had an off day. Uh, I used to mow yards. And one time, and I'm not an animal person. I don't know if that's like a sin around here to not be an animal person. I don't hate animals. I don't hate doggies and kitties and all that. I just don't want to hold them. I don't want them to lick me. I don't, I I just, I don't want them pooping on me. I don't want them peeing on me. I just, it's just, I don't know. I'm kind of scared of them. I don't know. Full disclosure. Um, So, so I don't like animals, but I remember this one time there was a bird, a little, little bird, and and I was, I was weed eating. And I, I was, I was, it was like a, it was like a stream was like tied to its leg or, claw or whatever and it was on this bush and it kept trying to fly away and it couldn't because it was tied to a bush i'm like who tied this little birdie to a bush somebody tie y'all got too much time tying birdies to a bush i'll take care of this i went down like i like i'm not an animal person but i'll take care of this you know i'm just freaked out by animals I'll, I'll hunt them but i won't you know this is like a little bird i'm like i'm gonna rescue this bird i'm gonna be you know i got to god put me in this situation i'm a hero uh and then as soon as I would reach down, I was like, it stopped flopping around, you know. It was like scared of me. And I'm like, okay, that's freaking me out, man. I don't want to get bitten on a bird today, you know. So I go and get my weed here. I'm like, I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm just going to rev it up. I'm going to cut the string off. At least they'll be able to fly away, you know. And, uh, you know, and when I got that weed eater going, and here comes mama and papa bird. Yeah, and they're swooping down at me, trying to get my head. All right, so I'm out there in the middle of this subdivision in this yard, and I'm now I'm trying to kill the birds that are swooping down at me. I'm like, yeah, I'm yelling at the top of my. I mean, these birds are attacking me, and and I'm like, and then they would they would they would go down, it would fly back up, and they would do like a, and they would come back at me, and I'm like, ah, I'm like yelling, I'm throwing my hat, and I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to go over there and rescue the bird. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill this little birdie by doing this. This is a bad idea anyway, you know. Uh, ended up I just left the bird, and I actually just went home because I was scared of the birds or whatever. But, uh, you know, I was just trying to help, you know. I was just trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to help. And a lot of times the pain that we go through, not all the time, but sometimes we're trying to get God to, to, to rescue us from certain pains in life, certain things in life, when really it's for our own good that we're there. 
some examples might be a breakup that you're going through. Uh, you know, you're like, man, why doesn't he love me, man? I thought we was going to have babies together. I thought we was going to go on vacation. I thought he was going to be my honey boo-boo, whatever. And really, if, if, if you were to marry that person, it would be the worst decision in your life. You know what I mean? Like sometimes God just knows what you need to do. Sometimes there's, there's, there's things that, that can only happen when we go through pain. So pain is a process. In my life, the things that, that I've learned, the things that I feel like God's just kind of put in me, it's been through pain. And I don't like it. I don't, I don't even pretend to understand it. You know what I mean? It's like, I understand fully the mysteries of God. No, I don't understand. There's been some things I've walked through, and i just like, where do you file that? But I learned from it. And I think if we can look at the pain that we go through as, a, as, a, as something that's trying to teach us, the problem with pain is, is its persistence. The problem with pain is its process. And number three, the final, the problem with pain is its purpose. The problem with pain is its purpose. You'll find that the problem is not really the problem. It's actually the solution. The problem with pain is its purpose. In verse 11, it says no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards. Say, but afterward. Say, but. You said but in church. Say, but afterward. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So next time someone's going through something, you say, oh, but God said there's a peaceful harvest of right living coming your way. Let's see what they do. They'll slap you. But it's true. God always sees the biggest picture, the bigger picture. He, he has a bird's eye view. He's teaching us there's a greater purpose. In fact, how do you know how to love somebody if you've never been hated on? You know what I mean? Like how can you be somebody that's understanding when you've never been misunderstood? How can you be a servant? You know what I mean? Like how can you serve people if you've never experienced someone being selfish? towards you how can you how can you be a man of faith if you've never been around some loser men how, how, how can you be a woman of virtue if you've never been around people that some women that haven't been virtuous how do you how do you ever become an influencer if you've never experienced people around you that were followers how do you do great things in life without the people that don't do great things in life? How do you ever, ever know how to deal with difficult people if you've never dealt with difficult people? And so pain is a, is a teacher, and it's always for a greater purpose. Like some of you, God has some, some incredible things for you. I know some of you are married. Some of you are not married. Some of you have kids. Some of you do not have kids. Doesn't matter. Some of you, uh, you grew up poor. Some of you grew up wealthy and rich. Uh, some of you have had great parents, great family. Like I'm a great family. You know, some of you, you're like I hate that because I didn't have that. Well, you, you. There's a greater purpose for both of you. For every situation that you've been through. In fact, in Romans eight twenty eight, I love this verse. And a lot of people get this verse wrong, but this verse in Romans eight twenty eight says, "And we know that in all things God works for the good of those that love Him, who have been called according to His purposes." Now, what Paul doesn't say is that all things are good. Because some people think, well, man, he says all things are good. You know what I'm saying? Like, all things are good. I can do whatever, you know. He doesn't say he's going to work all things for the good. 
Actually, he says, I'm going to work all things for the good of those that love him. He's not saying all things are good. He's not saying he works for the good of everyone. He works for the good of people that love him that have been called according to his purpose. There's a lot of people like, man, oh, sweet, I'm going to do whatever I want and be like, you're going to work it for good. No, that's not the way it works. In fact, if you're doing that, that's not grace. It's a cheap grace. John 15, I love this scripture. This is a love. We'll close with this, and then I want to pray for you. John 15, verse 1 and 2. I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I read that a few years ago, and it changed the way I saw pain. Because did you catch that? It makes sense to me when, when he says, like, I'm going to cut off every branch that does not bear fruit. You know, it's like, I'm going to cut you off, man. Like, I get that, man. Cut them all off, man. If they're not bearing fruit, just cut them off. Snip, snip, get them out of here. Burn them. It just kind of, you know, it's like get rid of the, get rid of the branches that, aren't, that are just wasting away. Get, get, just. But you're going to prune the branches that are being fruitful. God says, I, I don't, even if you're, because a lot of times here's what we think. We go through pain, we're like, what did I do? Oh, God, did I, did I sin and didn't know it? Like, am I cursed? Did someone curse me? Like, because, like, why am I experiencing, okay, my parents are getting a divorce? Like, I, we're a good family. You know, like, why are my parents getting divorced? Like, you go through pain, you're like, what, what did we do? You think that you did something, and a lot of times he's just pruning you. It's just happening. I, there's no way we're going to make sense of it. But when I read this a few years ago, it totally changed the way I see pain. That God will prune the branches that are being fruitful for a greater purpose of being more fruitful in the future. He doesn't just cut off the branches that aren't fruitful. Even if you're doing, even if you're living in God's purposes, He'll let you go through things that are painful so you can be even more fruitful. And I believe that for your life, wherever you're at. I mean, I know some of you are walking through some dark things right now. You're walking through some things, you've been through some things. And, I mean, I just want to pray for you, and I, and, I, and I love you, and I care about you. and uh, if you, you, I just think this is the place to be on Thursday nights. I think, I think it's great that you all been talking about getting more people and reaching out to the community, and, and I think that's great. And I think you would never regret your life if you lived the rest of your life with a greater purpose. And um, when you look towards pain, just know that it's coming. Know how to deal with it. Know that it's a process. It's a maturing process. It'll teach you something. We're never going to figure it out this side of heaven, right? It's just not going to happen. In fact, when someone starts telling me how they, all they know about everything about God, I'm like, well, so you, so, so you just know all, everything, right? Usually that person is somebody that I just, I just don't really want to listen to. I would rather someone just say, hey, listen, man, life's difficult. That's why we need each other. Life throws you curveballs. That's why the Bible says to encourage one another and pray for one another. We're on this side of heaven. That's why Paul said we, we only see in part right now. We, we won't see the whole until we get to heaven. But you got a purpose in this life, and God may be pruning you right now. He, you just never know what the purpose he has for you, the future he has for you. I want, I want to pray for you. If you want to bow your heads and just close your eyes, just kind of meditate, just kind of think about this. I know some of you are walking through some things, and it's very, very difficult for you. What is your pain right now? 
my heart just goes out for some of you that and there's some things, maybe you have some secrets you haven't told anybody. You need to tell somebody tonight. You need, to, you need to confess that to somebody. Somebody that you trust. Somebody that you know won't judge you. Somebody that will help you. Somebody that will pray for you. Somebody that will encourage you. Somebody that truly cares about you. You need to, you need to let them know your secret. Because it's painful to carry around a secret. It's going to do you more harm than good. You're just going through, you feel like you're just a lost orphan in life right now. You can't go to your dad about anything, can't go to your mom about anything. You don't trust your friends, you don't, you don't know who to trust anymore. Some of you have been, you've just been, you've just been battling like, man, I'm just going to, I just don't trust anybody. I just don't know who to talk to. I just don't know what to do. I just don't know who do I open up to. Who, who's got my back? I don't know who's got my back anymore. That's painful. Some of you, you've been dealing with some, some depression, some, some, you've been downcast, you've been discouraged, you've experienced some disappointment in life, whether it's with your career, with your school, or with your family, or with a relationship. And life will, will push you around if you let it. God is bigger than your disappointment. And God is bigger than your pain. He loves you. He'll heal you. Some of you have been dealing with some wounds, some abuse from the past, some, some things, some Things that have happened, some failures in life. Some of you been dealing with some fear. I mean, just some straight up, you just don't even know how to function anymore. And right now would be a great time to take a deep breath and just say, God, I trust you. And I'm believing tonight that if you're not already there, that God will put inside of each one of you a steadfastness. A, a stability that even when the pain comes your way that you'll know how to respond to it you'll know how to deal with it you'll know where to file it you'll, you'll know how to stay resolved about your God the God's goodness you'll know how to trust I want to pray for you in fact, if you're going through something, you just want me to pray for you specifically. Could you just lift up your hand? No one else looking around. If that's you, just lift up your hand so I'll just know. I'll see you, I'll see you, I'll see you. I'll see you. Okay. God, we thank you for those that have raised their hands and say, I'm going through something. God, we know that even when we go through the fire, we go through the trials, God, we trust you that you can get us out of it, that you're going to pull us through that you're still in control. And God, I pray for those who lift their hands and say, I'm just going through something. I pray that you would touch them tonight. I pray that your grace would fall on them. Any needs that they have, God, would you be quick to answer them? Would you get them through this trial? Would you get them through this pain? Would you teach them whatever you want to teach them? And God, we believe this for a greater purpose. And I just pray for the rest of our lives as we like Pastor John said, we got something to do. We got a calling that we would live every, every day on this earth like it's our last. Because your word says life is a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. And this is all we have on this earth. And I pray that you would build us up and prop us up and give us vision for our life. And I pray for anybody in this room who's discouraged, who's insecure, who lacks confidence, who's dealing with something heavy, 
I just break those chains off of them right now in the name of Jesus. We speak against any fear in this room, any insecurity in this room, any wounds or abuse in this room. Holy Spirit, heal them. Set them free in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. Don't you love him? Appreciate you. we just all stand on our feet tonight I want our prayer team to come up here and I just think that was a now word from, from Pastor Jason you know every single one of us man we have things we have trials we have different hardships in our life and and I think sometimes the tendency is to hold it in and man I've got everything together this is a safe place and sometimes even we try to be fake with the person that knows us the best and that's God Man, God can touch our lives. He knows what's going on. And you know, we don't know everything that's going on with everyone in here. And some of you in here, you're struggling, you're hurting. God cares. He sees you. He knows your heart. He knows the, the setbacks that you've had, and He cares about you. He loves you. So we're going to go into just a time of worship. Can we just be vulnerable with God tonight for a few minutes? God, here I am. I have this wound. I have this hurt. I have this insecurity. I need you to touch me. I need your help. And I'm telling you, God will meet you where you're at. He will show you his love. Some of you in here tonight, man, you haven't, you haven't felt his love in a while because you've kind of had your hand up tonight, man. Put the hands down. God wants to love you. Amen. We're going to close worshiping the Lord. Our prayer team's up here. If you need personal prayer for anything, we'll pray. But where you are even, man, God, here I am. Speak to me.
our hands tonight to the Lord. God, we say that you are good. Lord, you deserve all the glory. God, on my best day and my worst day, you are good. Lord, you made me, you created me, and God, you've redeemed me. So, Lord, we bless you tonight. We give you everything. Lord, we say we trust you. God, help us trust you more. Help us have faith. God, we bless you tonight. We love you tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, let's give it up for Pastor Jason. Man, so glad that you are with us tonight. And uh, hey, seriously, when we go home, listen, we say this every week. Let's meditate on the word. Man, before you go to bed, whatever time it is, hit your knees on the floor, speak to God, and uh, let's get closer to Him this week, right? Let's bless Him, let's bless other people, and uh, that's it, right? All right, y'all, we're going to have community groups tonight, and so if our community group leaders could hold up your signs, go to your regular groups. If you don't know what we're talking about, you can come on down to the front, and we'll place you in a group. We have marriage groups and singles groups. And so we really want to connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. And this is just a way to better get to know people. And then right after, we have Late Night in the Connect Cafe.
to start with our late night. We have some birthday cake for Miss Courtney in here. So we're going to go celebrate her birthday in there, and then we have pizza as well. So y'all head over there right as